SFE3 podcast. My name is Karen Drury and today we're going to talk about creativity. Not Van Gogh or Mozart exactly, more like James Dyson or Steve Jobs. To be precise, creativity that brings benefit to organisations. And if we're being precise, let's have a definition. Most academic studies talk about creativity in ways which include the words novel and useful. And most studies look at benefits which are organisation focused. Things like productivity, growth, performance, competitive edge. So you can understand why creativity research has enjoyed a resurgence over the past 20 years. Organisations, of course, are made up of people. So is everyone creative? I imagine that most people would say yes, they are, to a greater or a lesser extent. But what you need is a process. Unusually for our mind stretch on this occasion, we decided to put some theory into practice with a noodle. I'm Emma Witten, Managing Director of Shorethought Limited. So what is this noodle, Emma? Well, the Noodle Plan is a simple, straightforward process for developing plans in groups. It does require a clearly thought through challenge that has been agreed before the session starts. And that challenge or problem can be provided by a team leader, a client or a team member. But the Noodle Plan thinking process is designed to be done in groups. The Noodle Plan strategic thinking process has six stages that spell out the word noodle. Very simple. N for where are we now. O for what are our options for solving the problem. Another O for what obstacles may stand in our way. D, how do we develop the ideas to overcome obstacles. L is the evaluation stage by agreeing what we like, love or loathe. And E is how do we execute, which is the final stage in developing action plans. Yeah, it's really cute. (laughs) Well, people do like it. Yes, it's very catchy and people find it easy to remember and they like using it. It could almost be something that you do, a noodle. Yeah, people are using it in that way. They use it as a verb to say, well, let's just go and noodle it. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't new. It's becoming kind of catchy and it's quite infectious I think people quite quite enjoying it but even though it's simple and it's cute it is actually still quite smart because it blends both convergent and divergent thinking styles the divergent thinking styles is how many solutions can we bring to this problem yes that's right just keep opening up the thinking challenge yourself to come up with more ideas and of course there's lots of techniques a facilitator can use to stimulate that open thinking right and the convergent piece is when you're narrowing it down that's exactly right um and deciding uh, which ones you want to execute on which ones you like which ones you loathe what you need to do a little bit more logical thinking for people that like implementation. I really want people to think about using Noodle for planning just like they would use Smart for objective setting. At the Mind Stretch, we worked on a problem which Transport for London decided that they, they wanted to bring to the party, which was great. But what we had at the Mind Stretch were a bunch of people actually who had nothing to do with transport. 
And you can imagine that with all those different perspectives, all that different life experience, that there might have been the opportunity for some conflict. But in actual fact, it worked really well. Um, You hit the nail on the head there in that the experience and expertise from the people was diverse. And if that's done in a supportive environment, that can be extremely constructive. And I think one of the things that characterised the mind stretch was a really respectful and open discussion with the participants throughout the course of the information that you were sharing. Um, So by the time we got around to the noodle process, they were well gelled, they were well up for it, and they knew that they were in a safe and constructive environment. And that was the the most optimum way that you can do a noodle. Mm, And I imagine that the role of the facilitator is around actually spotting where potential conflicts might might come and to turn them into something which is more about an exchange of ideas. That, that's absolutely right. And at, at the most basic level, the role of the facilitator is to ensure that everybody's point of view and voice is heard mm. and that you don't, as a facilitator, attach any judgment or background to that because often you don't know it. So it's quite easy as an independent just to make sure everybody's point of view is brought to the fore. If you know that you're going into a room that has got ingrained conflict in it because there's been some change or the team isn't that happy at the moment. For example, I, I ran a session with public servants in New Zealand and they'd had a tough old time over a couple of years and we knew that they just didn't get on. So what we did was use this technique called appreciative inquiry which is to share a story of when things worked really well and so before we got into the session we asked everybody to tell us a story of when their team was at its very best and because they actually worked in life-saving emergency services their stories were profound and empowering and just reminded everybody about the importance and the significance of the jobs that they did and also what they had in common more than what they didn't and it actually got the right environment going. And how was it for the participants? This was a very short noodle session done in 75 minutes rather than the usual half day. How useful did TfL find it? I'm Simon Williams. I'm Head of Business Change Project Management at Transport for London. One of the things that we tend to do when we're trying to find solutions to tricky issues is is to bring all of the relevant experts together in a room. And it's always helpful to do that, particularly in in our business at, at TfL, where we've got lots of technical experts and it's very heavily regulated. There's lots of different issues to deal with. But there can be a tendency when you do that to just limit yourselves to the solutions you thought of before because people tend to comment from uh, their own experience, from the area that they've worked in, from their regulations and and the the experience that they have. So they've got their own agenda? They may have their own agenda, they're working from their existing frame of reference or they're just kind of bound by these are the rules they've operated in for the last 20 years. They may not think of something outside of the box. If something's been discarded before as impractical, they'll tend to kind of dismiss it and assume that we've said before it wasn't valid, so we can't even look at it again. So 
the benefit, I guess, from a mind stretch is you're bringing in the opportunity for people to, to bring in some different thoughts. And even if some of them are a bit out there, actually, you can kind of manage that in the room. There might be a, a germ of something that's kind of helpful within something a bit extreme. And you're just getting some different perspectives and some different ideas and some kind of fresh, fresh blood into, into these thought processes and adding value to that. Of course, diverse groups have got lots of benefits, as hopefully you found out when you came to the mind stretch, but also they've got some problems in terms of potential tension. So we've already talked about different agendas. Do you experience tension? My experience of of diverse teams is that um, they can work very well in in generating ideas and different um, views and different approaches, but you have got to manage them very well. And I think that's what was really sort of reflected in the research is the type of leadership becomes more important if you're going to really get the best out of a out of a diverse team and a, and a mixed group. When we were in the mind stretch, uh, we looked at uh, the introduction of the night tube. Now I know TFL have been working on this for years, so I, I, you were very polite. But were there were there things that you hadn't heard before? Yeah, and this was one of the most surprising things to me. We've been trying to find ways to extend our operation overnight for probably the best part of 10 years. We've had hundreds of people looking at this, working on it from all kinds of perspectives. And yet, come to the Mind Stretch event with some different people, there were new ideas that we'd never thought of for positioning and promoting Nighttube. Uh, And it was just amazing to me that uh, even after all this time, there were these new ideas from outside that we'd never thought of. I imagine that in problem solving generally and the job that you do in change, uh, you will have thought quite long and hard about doing new things and creativity. But did the mind stretch tell you anything you didn't already know? I suppose one thing was that you should never kind of underestimate, and I kind of knew this from my experience, you should never underestimate how complex things can be to deliver from the idea point to actually making it a reality. And that was certainly the case with Night Tube. Signalling changes were much more complex than we originally assumed. Uh, Training, train operators took much longer, all of these kind of things. What I took from the Mindstretch event was, of course, the skills to come up with the ideas and then to innovate and make them practical, to actually make something happen, are not always the the same. Often you need a different skill set. And one of the things that was interesting for me, actually, was smaller companies can be kind of quite good at idea generation and more maybe dynamic or fleet of foot but often larger companies are the ones who are better at the innovation because they've got the systems and the processes and the skills in place to be able to actually develop and implement it. It's interesting that creativity and innovation are often said in the same breath in organisations when in the academic literature for the reasons that Simon alluded to they're quite different. If creativity is the generation of novel and useful ideas, to quote Tessa Amabile, innovation is the implementation of those ideas, selling them, mobilising sponsorship for them, gathering resources for them, creating the innovation. And where idea generation requires experimentation, disrupting routine, challenging assumptions, implementation requires process, efficiency and goal orientation and these different skills may even compete for resources. One thing that emerges from the studies is the importance of leadership 
Leaders create an environment which welcomes creativity. Part of that may be, as Emma Wooten notes, turning conflict, whether that's about different thoughts and approaches, or simply because the people in the room are different, into constructive debate. One of the curious things discussed in the mind stretch was that creativity is almost exclusively seen as a good thing. But if creativity is to create the new, it can be rebellious, create chaos, be subversive. After all, creativity is a harbinger of change, and change may be painful. Not everybody will welcome it. It's not just a case of asking employees to be creative. It's also about ensuring that employees and the organisation is ready for change. Until next time, thanks for listening. The material for this podcast was taken from an FE3 Mind Stretch held in London in June. If you'd like to be invited to the next Mind Stretch to be held in the autumn, drop us a line at karen at fe3.co.uk and she'll put you on the mailing list. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.